Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request Summer Series. I'm your host, Justin Lamb. I got a little lost there in the intro, didn't I? But I am so excited to have you guys here today, and I'm even more excited about this episode. This is my friend Leslie Bailey. You can go back and listen to episode 30, I believe it is, where I got to speak with her and get to know her as a person. But this is about her business and how she started it. And Leslie is one of the most uh, inspirational people I have had the privilege to meet during this podcast and the things she does and the the direction she's given me um, just in her advice is is priceless and I'm so excited to share some of that with you guys so I hope you enjoy this episode I'm Leslie Bailey I'm the co-founder and CEO of Indie Maven yeah I was I was excited to talk to you about this for a number of reasons one like what you've done is, is amazing, and obviously we talked about that f- forever ago, apparently, even though this last year didn't really exist. And <laughs> um, you actually gave me advice that I have passed on to so many people that I, I can't even tell you, and it, it was so helpful to me, and it was so simple. And you said it, it was essentially about finding out what your worth is, like how you like provide value for yourself. You know, when you're bidding something, what do you ask? Like, what is my work worth? Um, and you brought that what up. Was the answer? Oh, I, <laughs> like, what did I say? I don't even know. See, that's good. Cause then I'll get another download. Cause you'll have to go back and listen to your own episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just having the mindset to go into something and be like, I am offering something that is unique and I yeah. have like the ability and the right to ask X amount of price for this project. And like, it's okay if someone's like, I'm not going to pay you for that. And there maybe then that's not a good fit. Like just assigning that value and worth to the work and creativity that you're putting out. Um, yeah. I've shared that with so many people and it's been so impactful. So, well, that's um, awesome. You know what? I think I've learned something since then. Oh, I've learned a lot since then. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've only learned one thing since then, but uh, related to that subject, not only ask for that number double it Ooh, uh-huh. she's a boss bitch uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <she> is. <laughs> that's funny okay yeah sure um <laughs> on that note this kind of ties into the first question i, I want to ask you and that is at what point did you realize that you had like a marketable skill or talent that you could you could kind of make money off of their live off of to some degree I, I think that there's two parts to that question. I think the first part was like, I knew I had the marketable skill or talent first Then I had to figure out how to make money. Right. Like, cause there's marketable and there's like profitable. Yeah. And so I like the, like the fine point, right. Is like when those two things come together. And for me, so let's see, I had basically the idea for Indie Maven somewhere in like January, February of 2019, uh, in April kind of started talking about it and then started telling people about it April through that rest of the summer. And for me, it was just putting it out into the world. Right. And then getting the feedback. And like, I think that's the scariest thing is putting it out there. And then once I saw people were enthusiastic, like maybe I just needed that external validation. But once I got those people saying, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. I would buy into that. Yeah. I would be a part of that. And I was like, okay, that gave me the confidence to say, 
okay, well then I'm going to go try and sell this. Then that was the next step. Let me ask you just all of my questions are projections. Um, but <laughs> you know, I've, I, I did years playing music and stuff. Um, and getting the buy-in from people that already support you is super easy, it seems, because uh, they already are supporting you. And then when it comes to like pulling the trigger and whether that be like starting a business with you or something as simple as like buying an album, like that support, when it comes to like monetary support in that way, it doesn't show up the same way. So how did you, how did you still dive in with that confidence maybe maybe naively or you did know that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like ignorance was bliss i thought all these people are going to be the people that okay. are going to be supporting <laughs> me and i would say like i don't know at least 50 percent probably did but i thought it was going to be all of them like again naively thought oh every single person who's telling me this is gonna is going to join my membership program is going to support me is going to going to become an advertiser whatever it was i thought that they even just like, like sign up for my newsletter. Right. And I think too, a lot of people think that I'm like, I can see who does this. Like I can see who has my newsletter. Right. I think a lot of people play off like, Oh yeah, I love your bit. Like they'll come up and say like, Oh my gosh, I love what you do. And then later I check, I'm like, you're not a member and you don't even subscribe. So do you like, I don't understand. And now maybe they're saying stuff on social, right. Cause social media, I can't track um in in that capacity but yeah I think that it was it was like hurtful at first but then I just realized that those people love and support me in a different way and me it's not the way that I necessarily wanted it but like it doesn't I had to kind of separate and compartmentalize maybe that was just a coping mechanism but then what was cool I chose to focus on all of the people I didn't know who supported me and I actually was like that's a lot cooler honestly like it's way you more know, beneficial too. Yeah. 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 Honestly, in the end it is. So I decided that that wasn't maybe such a bad thing. Yeah. It's, it's funny. So I'll just relate this to, to the podcast. Cause that's, that's what I keep thinking of yeah. when you're mentioning some of this stuff, but it's like from now on, I just thought of this the other day. I was like, you know what, if any of my friends text me and they're texting me from an iPhone, I'm just going to send them the link to my podcast on Apple podcast and say, just review it. I know you haven't yet. I know you haven't just clicked the five stars and closed out of the app, which takes literally one and a half seconds. So just do yeah. that for me. Cause it's, yeah. it's funny you say that, um, in all the things that I do, you know, it's so easy to go to that network you already have, right? Your yeah. friends, your family, whatever that looks like, former coworkers and get their buy-in on stuff. And then you realize that like, that's, that's where your audience ends, right? So when you mentioned talking to these people, like, that you don't like you don't normally interact with are these strangers that are interested in it. That's, that's expanding that network, right? Like that's, I feel like that's the basics of expanding that network. And it's so maybe everybody gets this. Cause I only recently have discovered like the benefits of just releasing, like I have this group that has my support. I don't need to like nurture them. Like, like they're going to abandon me. Uh, I can just focus a lot more energy on, bringing in new people. Uh, yeah. And it's, yeah, it just, it's exactly your what you just said. Still your friends, right? Like, yeah, my friend's still going to talk to me. You oh know, yeah. Walk, I'm not saying like, tell day, him to fuck off like, or something. Yeah. Exactly. But it, but it does, I mean, it does sting a little bit. Like you think, yeah. I don't know. No, I, I completely agree. <laughs> like, yeah, that, uh, that rating thing for podcasts, that didn't come from nowhere. I completely yeah. agree. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, yes. I was just doing some math the other day. I was like, wait a second. Um, 
but yeah, no, that's I I think that's great. And then they started to build from there. I'm wondering, what does the transition look like from you're working for whoever doing whatever, and then you're working essentially for yourself and doing, you know, indie maven, right? Like what? What does that transition look like? What are your support systems? You know, some people, they have a spouse that works enough to where they can just figure their shit out. Some people, their parents start their business for them. Some people, they just like do both things at once and do, you know, 90 hours a week. So what, what does that transition period look like for you? And what are some of the biggest struggles there? Uh, For me, I was like privileged and fortunate enough to have a spouse um, that was able to support us financially. But I will also point out like, I don't even remember. I mean, I was definitely married already at that point, but like not long enough to be like, Hey, I'm not going to work. So, you know, and like, that was not, that was never part of our, our plan. Right. Um, I had like extenuating circumstances, which we talked about previously, like with my mom being sick. And so like, I had these outside forces that caused me to make those adjustments professionally where I was like, I'm not going to work right now. And I don't care what happens. I will figure it out. I will make money somehow, but I want to take care of my mom right now. Right. And I just, I did, I figured it out through that process. But then later, once I was dating and then married to my husband, like he definitely was the primary support. He's my only sole investor. He gave me the thousand dollars that I started in New Maven with. Nice. So he is my, my only investor at a thousand dollars. Um, which I guess arguably was our money, but let's face it, it was his. Uh, so, so I guess you could say, but, but I still own it, own the business hundred percent outright. So, um, I, I think, but it was also, I don't, I've worked since I was 14. So it was also really important to me that I felt like I was, but I also thought, you know, I think we have to recognize like people contribute in different ways. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm not working right now, but I'm running our house. I, I'm having our, you know, we're, we're building a family. I'm having kids. Like I I'm doing, you know, so it's been over the course of time that like those responsibilities and that weight shifts back and forth yeah. and you, you're kind of trying to balance it out. That's, I feel like that's a healthy relationship where that, yeah. <laughs> just like you said, the weight shifts back and forth. Um, yeah. Yeah. I constantly find myself feeling guilty because my wife is like crazy busy right now, or she has been throughout all of COVID. And I'm like, doo, 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 doo. check out my new podcast. Like it's, it's, um, yeah. So <laughs> I get that. What's that? How long is that period from when, like, when do you stop working somewhere and then start? Okay. So it's like, like, that was a year. Okay. Less than a year. I would say, um, or somewhere, yeah, no, somewhere just, just around a year from, I quit my job, took care of my mom. I got married, took care of my mom, mom passed away. Oh wait, no, sorry. And then add in, add in that I had a baby. So it was like so a year easiest year of the, of your life. Okay. All right. got it. Yeah. I watched the whole year there. Yeah. It was like a year and a half year and a half of my life. I've got, I was freelancing. So I still had an LLC, like a freelance. I was just doing freelance writing. So that's, I, I forget that. So I had left my job at a magazine. I was doing freelance writing for about a year. Mm-hmm. Then I just completely stopped freelance writing and had, had a baby, all that stuff. And then, yeah, so it was probably a year and a half. Okay. 
Well, this seems like a really good place to take a break and talk to you about Bravis Brewing. You guys have heard me talk about them before. They are a non-alcoholic brewery out of California, and they have some delightful beers. You might have seen me review some of them recently on my YouTube channel or on the SoberCurator.com where I write beer reviews. Either way, you got to check them out. I just ordered their limited edition coconut porter. That's right, a non-alcoholic coconut porter. I'll tell you, every time I miss a beer that I can't get non-alcoholic, uh, especially in the stout world, they come out with it. Their peanut butter stout, their their seasonal uh, barrel-aged stout. Good on you, Bravas. If you guys want to check out Bravas, it is delicious. You can go to bravas.com. Use code FRIENDREQUEST. That's one word, F-R-I-E-N-D-R-E-Q-U-E-S-T. I've said that a lot. And save 10% off your order on me, guys. So go nuts. Bravas.com, code FRIENDREQUEST. Save 10%. Drink a little less alcohol. Have a a beautiful day. I'm going to give you back to the show. Okay, bye-bye. Um... I, I'm curious, and I, this is going off script here, but uh, <laughs> because we talked last March, March 2020, or February 2020, one of the two, uh, I, and that was about uh, like a little less than a year into Indie Maven, right? Uh, and now we're yeah. now we're hitting like year two. What yeah. are, I mean, what are the, you already mentioned right at the top of this like interview, right? You, that this is what I would do different already. And like, this is the lesson I've learned so far. What other big takeaways do you have from this, having this new business and now getting in like two years in? Oh, (laughs) did I hit a nerve? You know, like there were no other factors there. Like uh, I also had another baby. There was a pandemic. (laughs) Like uh, my co-founder stepped away in February, like right before we talked, I think. And, um, so I, so, okay, we officially, we officially launched this business beginning of October, 2019, a few days before our launch party, I find out I'm pregnant. Wasn't exactly planning on that timing. I remember this. <laughs> yeah. Right. So October, we fast forward, February comes co-founder leaves. I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, turns out it was fine. I then I'm like, okay, focused on maternity leave. I feel like I have my shit together. I'm ready. I'm prepared for this. And then COVID hits. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a pandemic. How am I going to keep this business? So I'm trying to figure out how to go on maternity leave from a business that I'm not totally competent running. And now I'm afraid I'm going to lose all of my advertisers. And Can I pause you there too? What's going through your head when you have to kind of accept a reality where you're going to go on maternity leave and put somebody else in charge of something that you're not a hundred percent confident of being in charge of yet. <laughs> yeah. I, the time, you know what, it forced me to get competent real fast. Okay. And actually the, the co-founder leaving gave me confidence like a month later. Cause I thought it, I was like, it's going to fall apart. It's all going to fall apart. Yeah. And then, you know, actually it wasn't even a month. It's probably two weeks later. Where I was like, Oh, wait, it's actually not going to fall apart. Actually, there's some good things happening here. Yeah. Oh, wait, this is actually really good. And then I happened to have a product that was very timely and relevant during a pandemic because people were looking for entertainment and, um, you know, information and an escape and like resources and education and all these things. And so I happen to have a completely digital product that does not require you to do anything in person other than our in-person events, which that yeah. did suck. But I was able to, you know, 
I hate to use that word pivot, but you know, <laughs> adjust accordingly. Yeah. And um, it kind of works out in our favor, like to the way that I actually think, and I hate to say this because I know so many people suffered from COVID and it was fucking awful. And like a lot of businesses shuttered. I just got really lucky that we happen to have this product. And, yeah. and then that gave me confidence because it, I was having people come to me and saying like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. Or this is such a nice escape from like, the the negative stuff that's happening right now so then i felt like that built up my confidence and i felt like of value and of service and so by the time it was time to actually step away from my maternity leave i also saw that i had like a very capable team of women around me and so i was able to walk away and say okay i'm gonna have this baby real quick and you guys got this handled and I did. i'm gonna pop this kid out you guys take care of things here yeah, BRB, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and i wonder you know I've talked to so many people, uh, just, just generally, I talk to people, um, about during this entire time. Um, and I know this is my bubble and I'm not, again, just like you said, not discounting people's, uh, experiences during this last 15 months. Um, but everybody I talk to says that same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I think somewhere you know if you didn't get sick or lose somebody right like those are the big common things that we need to point out like obviously that would put a fucking damper on things but if you were just kind of forced to be by yourself or forced to adapt your your business or your life uh to certain things it it feels like now that we're kind of coming out of it a little everybody is like actually things went really well for me like i i everybody i've talked to at least. And I know that's not probably like a hundred percent of people, obviously, but like for me, I've never been better than I have been, than I am now because of the work that I've done, like on myself and on the stuff that I care about over the last 12 months. Uh, and that seems to be a consensus that's shared with a lot of people. Because we, we share unless, unless, unless you died or someone close to you died the thing we share now in common, we all have something greater in common, which is that we survived this horrible thing, right? Like, even if you were sick and you're still here, you survived, like you got through it. And I know from other experiences in my life, like there is nothing like making you feel stronger than survival, right? Like being able to look back and be like, we made it through whether you were alone or together or whatever, but like the thing we, we now have some, this huge thing in common. We have this like huge shared experience. When else has that happened recently in humanity? Yeah. I feel like you are an expert at speaking about survival. (laughs) 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 Um, Shout out to episode 30 guys. Go check it out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So thinking about the people, uh, like I mentioned when we first started talking that might have an idea or a, uh, the trendy side hustle. Um, what advice would you give to people that are at that step where they're like, you know, that scary next step? There's always, you reach that plateau where you're like, I could jump off or I could just like stay here. Like this is comfortable. Um, I mean, what, what advice would you give to those people based on your experience now? I mean, it's the jumping off part. Like 
it really is as simple as that. And I have a friend who's actually in my house working upstairs. She was going to get a hotel room to have a day of writing. She's working on a script. And I was like, don't get a hotel, go in my guest room. And so she's up there and we were talking and she's got this first draft and, you know, she's wanting to rewrite, 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 but she's, she's got this whole team of people waiting to see the first draft. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, we're done. You're sending it. Like, like she actually has to finish, but like, but no more tweaks after that. Like there's a few things she has to do, but at the end of the day, next step is literally to just share it, yeah. right? That it's, 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 it's the most obvious thing that is right in front of you, right? It's not, there's like, I think we want, all want this magic wand and this secret sauce and yeah. all of those things to just say like, oh, okay, oh, that's the thing, yeah. right? And it's like, put one foot in front of the other. What's the next step? Do it. Cool, yeah. you did it. What's the next step? Cool, you did it. Repeat. Yeah. When's this lady going to come to my door and offer me everything I need? Yeah. <laughs> not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Just got to figure it out. It's not, it sounds, it's like such a, it's such an annoying answer. And I'm yeah. even annoyed that I am giving you that answer, but it is the truth. Right. It's just, and it's because, scary. That's, yeah, I think that's the, yeah. that's the thing. It's just, it's scary to, to do that. Cause you, in order, and this, I hate that I'm saying this, uh, but you know, to make those big strides, you have to be willing to like take that that scary leap and like sacrifice your safety essentially to yeah. to give that. Oh, yeah, uh, that's and that's. I mean, it's frightening. That's Renee Brown has made an entire career off of this. Oh yes, I quote her often. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, that that's good advice. It's just yeah, it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Good, but annoying advice. Uh, I think, you know, also too, we always assume that people know what the next step is. They're just like afraid to take it. But sometimes it's also, I, well, I don't know what the next step is. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, I remember actually, I don't know if I told you this part, but when I was trying to figure out before I decided to do Indie Maven, I was actually trying, I was working, I worked with a life coach and I had like four ideas and, and basically we went through them and she's like, just pick one. And I was like, no, I need, I need to pick the one that's going to be the most successful. She's like, nope, you just pick one and then it will be the most successful. I'm like, yeah. no, not true. I need to know which one's going to be most successful first. We went through this chicken, the egg dance, right? Yeah. For a minute until it fine. I finally got it. I was like, oh, just yeah. pick one. Yeah. Right. Well, you like, can't go like, down four roads at once. Right. You can't and, and no, try and out all have, of them and just, yeah. Yeah. And, and then also like, it's okay to fail. Like that's a whole thing. Right. Yeah. That, not everything's going to be perfect. Not everything's going to be successful, but like you also, what's better. I mean, what's the alternative? Stay paralyzed. Yeah. That's not fun either. Well, that's, I feel like that's, that's where a lot of people stop, right? They're, that, Cause that's, it's just scary. I mean, yeah. that's, I've, that's stopped me a billion times. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's, and I like to think that I I've changed recently to where that wouldn't be a stopping point if I had something that I think had the potential to do something more. Um, because you get like, you get confidence with each time, right? It's like yeah. the first time you ever jump off a diving board, right? Using that reference again, it's like terrifying. And then you keep, and then it's like, oh, this is fun. And yeah. then you can't stop. And then your parents are like, we have to leave. And you're like, no way I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. Because you build that confidence and then you realize like, oh, it's fun. Even if I belly flop and it hurts like a son of a bitch, like it was still kind of fun. I'm still going to go do it again. Yeah. I went cliff diving once and it took me half the day to get up the courage to climb my like drunk ass, which don't do it when you're drunk, but yeah. <laughs> up to the top of this cliff. And I like, I finally was like, I'm just going to do it. 
and I jumped and it was the coolest feeling in the world. And the only time I've ever like been able to have an actual thought in midair because you're like yeah. jumping for so long and you're just like, well, I haven't hit the water yet. <laughs> and then you hit the water. Um, and I was like, oh my God, that was like the most fun thing ever. So yeah, no exact example in real life, yeah. but a yeah, no, real life example of yeah. jumping. Yeah. See, that's, that's what I'm here for. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about a billion things. Um, but this, I, I'm glad we can talk about this and I, I appreciate all your input and I saw you're kind of fishing a little for, are you leading a workshop or something? Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you saw that, did you? <laughs> um, that was me testing the water. Um, I have been thinking a lot about, so I've started doing these office hours with my members. Um, so with Indie Maven, we have a membership program. Like, uh, So we do content, curated events, and create community. Okay. Those are my pillars. And with this community, because of COVID, like we weren't getting together in person. So I started doing these office hours where any one of my members can book 15 minutes with me once a month. I do a whole day. So Friday, today was my office hours. And you can whatever you want. You can like pitch a story idea to me. You can ask me for business advice, whatever. So I started thinking like, oh, well, I got several hundred members at this point. I'm not going to be able to do this as I continue to grow forever. So what are the most common things that people are coming to me for yeah. I'm like what's well, my area of expertise and I'm like okay well I know how to do like beginning to intermediate marketing that I've got down well like I'm not gonna call myself my husband's like a CMO at like a multi-million dollar company I'm not about to be like I'm a marketing expert I happen to live with one though um and but I but I definitely know some marketing and then I have this background as a journalist so I'm looking at creating some courses um, a, because that's, that's the world we're in, right? Everybody, everybody loves a course right now. And so I see that I'm not stupid. Let me get in on that. And I also have like, I think this unique area of expertise related to media marketing and the media and journalism. So I'm going to package those together as courses. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see what that, what, what hey. happens with that. Um, and, and maybe... I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do them both as live courses first too. Okay. So like have a live thing, a Q and a, and then potentially just package it as like a kind of an evergreen thing. But I think it's like a, a more efficient way um, to be able to share that information. Cause yeah. I can't, as much as I would love to, I can't do office hours every day. Yeah. I'm i uh, I'm probably going to buy a wig and a fake ID from Indiana and show up. So uh, um, we, we have a few <laughs> male members, male identified members. You are absolutely welcome to join and be an ally and an honorary okay. maven. <laughs> you don't even have to wear the wig unless you want to. I mean, you yeah, need, the, the wig was for me. I just wanted to <laughs> oh, let yeah, you know. Yeah, no, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, well, well, thank you. And thank absolutely. you for talking about starting any maven and, and getting where you're at now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me again. Of course. Thanks for being awesome.